What's up, everybody? Hi! Welcome! Hi! I'm so excited! Sorry. Same. It's like a muted excitement, right? <laughs> I will be loud about it. Yeah. I will be excited and very deeply loud. Shout from the rooftops. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to episode four of our storytelling improv show. But then what? Um, my name is Sierra, aka Mystic, and I'm your host. Um, I use she any pronouns. And if you're familiar with Autumn Moon Studio, you're familiar with me. I am the uh, creative director and founder of the studio. I am the DM for our Utopia D&D 5e podcast as well as just like around, just around, uh, out in the world. And I have two incredible guests with me today. I'm so stoked to tell stories with. Candice, do you want to tell the world more about you? Sure. Hello! My name is Candice, sometimes called Candice Magnificent. My pronouns are they, she. And do I do my fun fact? Sure, do you want to? Sure. My fun fact, which if you're watching and you know me, you probably already know this fun fact, but I'm still going to say it anyway. Um, I taught myself how to play the ukulele and it brings me more joy than pretty much anything other than my cats and books. <laughs> and TTRBGs, obviously. Cats and books are hard to beat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, what else do you need? <laughs> like, that's really it for me. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Cats, books, and Candace's ukulele. Those are like the three, my like, t my pyramid of needs. <laughs> Hell yes. Uh, and my my second incredible guest is C. Wow. Hello, everyone. My name is C. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me all across the internet at CPlaysRPG. Uh, my fun fact for you all tonight um, is that I once caught a bird with my hands uh, randomly uh, it wasn't like the bird was in the house. It was in a bush. So the whole saying of a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Actually untrue. A bird in the hand is worth a bird in the hand. Um, <laughs> and I did catch just it landed in a bush and I just reached out and grabbed it, not really thinking through why I decided to do that. Uh, but that is my fun fact. Um, and I'm very so excited cool. to bring the same kind of chaotic energy to this game. So brave. I could never. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. So exciting. Um, well, cool. If this is your first time joining us for the show, I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. So we are all here having done zero, really, pre-conversations to tell a story together. This is 100% improvised, although we do have the help of a randomly generated plot. Um, and we are going to go around the horn telling the story we each have three minutes hence the timer <coughs> below me over here it's over here <laughs> and, um yeah we're just gonna tell the story beginning middle and end completely improvised it's gonna be fun it's gonna be wild um the little conversation that we did had before the stream was to set up safety tools and also to understand what kind of story we wanted to tell tonight and i think we we all just decided to go full send chaos with the with the random plot generator. <laughs> so uh, I can't really give you any sort of content warnings other than this is certainly an adult show. Curse words are welcome. There might be some romance. There might be some scary things. Um, but we are all staying super safe through our safety conversation prior to the stream. 
So, with that, I think it's time to generate our story. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Click. I clicked. Okay. Oh my gosh. How, how did the computer know? Okay. All right. Our protagonist is a food critic who can be goofy. The secondary character is a secret agent who tends to brood. Um, I like the idea of maybe they're like a secret chef agent or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like mm -hmm. <laughs> into it, feeling it. Secret recipe. Like, a, understand. Mm -hmm. I'm understanding. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and the plot this is what really made me giggle, is a romance-tinged story about the perils of obsession. It kicks oh my off goodness. at a fairground with an argument about Cats the Musical. <laughs> I mean, I have Taylor so many feelings about all of this. <laughs> so many <laughs> So many <laughs> so immaculate truly. i have big opinions about everything you just said like yes. so many opinions yes this is so great okay. i'm ready I i'm copying pasting for our review behind the scenes i'm gonna get it going in our ticker the lovely lovely pieces of uh producing and being on screen at the same time uh but yeah a food critic at a fairgrounds? <laughs> why? Why are they there? <laughs> oh, I know why they're there. Okay, great. They're there for deep fried Oreos. Oh. Listen, this is this is which pickle is the best pickle. This <laughs> True. is this is who has yeah. the best cotton candy. Yeah. This I, funnel cake is I am in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh. Locked in. Mm -hmm. All right. Listen. We're keyed in. We know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from the Midwest. Um, and I will never forget when, oh, lots of fairs. Yes. Oh, and yeah. when deep fried ice cream became a thing and like the rest mm -hmm. of the world thought everyone in the Midwest was crazy. <laughs> because we were... Which I think is maybe true. <laughs> it might be. As someone who lived in Minneapolis for a few years and pre pandemic went to the Minnesota state fair, which is the biggest state fair in the world. Yeah. Deeply feral, the things that they will serve at that place at oh. that fairgrounds absolutely absolutely you're deep frying a liquid like how does that, what is that? <laughs> um well cool i i and just this happens every time we generate the story my brain just starts going and then i can't talk but <laughs> okay <laughs> i think we're ready the last thing we need to do is decide the order I'm always in the middle, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick a number between 1 and 10, and y'all get to choose a number, and whoever gets closest goes first. So I have my number. Nine. Four. C is closest, so seven. No! <laughs> no! I... I almost picked eight, and then I was like, have that. 
upon my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, chat is saying, wait, Cats the Musical, the movie? No, the musical. <laughs> Cats the Musical, the musical movie. The musical stage production that was then. so we are to ignore the existence of the of the movie hey this is because I, I have the most feelings about arguments that. i haven't seen the movie is is based upon neither yeah. have i i will never see the movie because it's horrifying i i got a, i heard about the buttholes <laughs> and i was out <laughs> yes can i tell you both something very deeply cursed yes yes uh the last feature film that i saw in theaters before the pandemic was cast the musical see why why i I know why would you do this i went for a friend's birthday because that's what they wanted to do okay (laughs) no (laughs) i'm questioning our friendship right now (laughs) that's what i would have said it was purely for the chaos ironically purely for the chaos (laughs) okay then then that's excuse it was for the chaotic reasons okay that's so incredible me as a fan of the original Cats musical, which is another cursed thing that I am revealing about myself here today. Very I did have a lot of feelings watching it. It was a wild experience. And that I think is maybe the reason that the pandemic happened in the first place. Um, I, I feel like I perhaps am to blame. The shiny lips and the regular human skin with the fur everywhere else is a real problem for me. Like it's like the costumes issue. are gorgeous. The costumes on the musical are, yeah. are amazing. And if yes, it were just costumes, we would have been fine. <laughs> you did I can not deal with CGI the play. That. No, no, that's my mm-hmm. issue right there. All right. Well, the we're starting. Oh God. In a fairgrounds with an argument about Cats the Musical, perhaps we just helped you set up the perfect starting argument scene <laughs> as we start the game. Um, I'm going to count us down from three and then I'm going to start the timer. So three, two, one. We pull in on lights. Blinking lights in every color imaginable. Red, orange, yellow, green, purple, blue, pink, in a circle going around and around and around. A Ferris wheel. A place of joy. And then just beyond that, more lights and more and more and more and more as we take in the county fair. The biggest and most beautiful fair and known, of course, for its exquisite cuisine. We see the carousel, the dancing horses. We see the games, the rides, but we are not here for the games or for the rides. We are here for one reason and one reason only. To end an ages long, an eons long, an eternity of infighting about what makes the best fair food. Is it your deep fried Oreos? No. No, it couldn't be. Is it your funnel cake? No. No. Is it your pickle on a stick? Is it your corn dog? Is it your cotton candy? The people need to know. And one person in particular needs 
to know. We pull down on our protagonist, who is currently holding not one, not two, but four pickles on a stick in one hand, gesturing forward and saying, Okay, 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 okay. But Magical Mr. Mistopheles, listen, Magical Mr. Mistopheles would have a tail at, at least twice as long as that if he was actually going to be doing magic tricks. So this butter sculpture is just, it's heinous, okay? I, I don't know what to tell you. This looks nothing, he doesn't even look, look magical. He looks slightly melted. Are you sure that the butter is supposed to be like where it is? Um, I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, I, I don't know. I'm starting to lose my appetite and I haven't even started my food tour. Okay. So what happens next, Mystic? Is that how the game works? <laughs> you still have 20 seconds. I but... can't see the timer. Oh no. I don't know if it's just me. It's not in the background. Producer fail. Producer fail. I can't see it either. It's okay. It's coming. Okay. I was coming. just vibing. <laughs> You're just vibing. You're doing great. I love that. I was like, I right, think this, is, this is a high stakes story, and it's like two <laughs> seconds in. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, okay. We got the sh the time. Oh, there we go. You have five seconds All right, left. I've got five Please seconds start. left on the clock. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I mean, this is just a huge problem. So, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> What are you going to do about it? Uh, and this smaller, short, feminine-looking individual with, like, a big purple mohawk and a leather jacket, uh, chunky boots, looking very out of place at this standard fairground filled with flannel and children and homogeny, just stands next to this person wielding these sticks of, of pickles. Look, I... Um, first off, I think you need to just calm the fuck down, all right? Cats is based off a collection of stories by T.S. Eliot about cats. And the fact that it's even made it this far into the social culture zeitgeist is just so dumb at this point. You know, we're like millennia. He like bites into one of the pickles that the guy's holding. Uh, hey, hey, what are... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to critique the foods here okay we're on a mission all right and uh i think backs the leather jacket wearing mohawk person it's just like well you know it's not that pickle i guess um maybe we go try the elephant ears so they walk through the crowded streets you can hear the the uh Oh shit, what are they called? Um, Demolition Derby happening in the background. <laughs> the crowds are cheering, the crunching of cars. Um, a kid crying into their cotton candy, holding the hand of a parent walks by. Um, but then at the corner of their eye, Penelope. Having finished all of her pickles, sees someone she recognizes. What 
are they doing here? First off. And second off, why are they crouching under her turf? I was supposed to be covering this county fair. Why would someone else from the department be here? She turns away quickly before the other person can see and continues following backs through the streets of people. Hey, you want to go do the like blow up giant uh, boxing mitt thing after the we could take a break, right? Uh, and Penelope just gives them a look. Bex, did you know this? Uh... But then what? <laughs> Penelope, Penelope glares at Stefan with the fire of a thousand suns eyeing him and his three pickles now dripping grease all over his hands his two big shirt and two big shoes and red clown nose clearly impeding the olfactory component of his food critic job and eyes him up and down rolls her eyes what are you saying do I want you following me around this fair while I'm obviously trying to do my job? No, I do not. I don't want to go and do the boxy thing. I am at work. I'm a professional person. Professional person. Have you seen yourself? You stick out like the sorest of thumbs. Purple mohawk, chunky boots, leather jacket. What are you doing? You're in a sea of flannel. How, how, how does this work? It works because I draw the eye to me and then I make people feel uncomfortable and they look away. You would know that if you knew anything about anything. How good could you possibly be at being a food critic if you can't even criticize me properly? I'm out. She looks left and right and spies that same person ducking underneath the awning of what appears to be a fried Twinkie establishment. She starts weaving her way through the crowd as she hears the honk, 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 honk of Stefan's shoes trying to keep pace with her. She tries to completely dodge out of the way as a group of ridiculously loud teenagers accosts another group of friends kind of making this clash in the middle of the fair. And as she finally gets in front of this location, she sees the person go into the funhouse. It has a huge picture of a clown on the front and a big spinning hypnosis kind of looking wheel that acts as the open of the opening of the door. And she kind of looks behind her, sees that her pursuer is just absolutely obsessed. He's screaming the lyrics of memory just at her in the middle of this fair. And she can't get away fast enough. You know what? At least if he follows me in there, his outfit matches the decor. No one's going to think anything of it. Maybe they'll just think I'm being followed and so the problem will take care of itself. So she walks inside and she's immediately accosted by the strong smell of sickly sweet kettle corn. The stickiness of the floor, like a million people have dropped all kinds of disgusting things all over it. And a weird undertone. What is that? Kind of salty, kind of tart. Is that feet? Why would there be foot smell in a fun house? She clears her mind just in time to see the person go through a room of hanging bags with clowns painted all over the front of them. And as she pursues, what happens next? Well, 
Stefan, of course, has to just chime in because they just know everything about food, don't they? They take a huge whiff, and I think the clown knows, like, it makes a squeak as they inhale. Squeak! What is that smell? What? 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 Now, uh, Penelope, what is that? Do you, do you, are you smelling what I'm smelling? Penelope folds their arms tightly over their chest, trying to like muscle through now this fun house. And of course, uh, as they push past these uh, bags of hanging clowns, they kind of like hit back a lot harder. This seemed a lot more fun than they were children. But Stefan, of course, is quite persistent in this endeavor. No, it's not funnel cake. No, no, no. It's not deep fried beer. It's not deep fried pickles. It's not deep fried. I think anything. It's not. It's not the smell of a fryer. No, no, no. Madame uh, goes. Can you shh, 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 shh? We are in hot pursuit here. Okay, hot pursuit. All right. If you actually want to know what's going on with this other critic who's at the fair, then we have to do some recon. All right, like. Recon mission. You understand what I'm saying to you? Absolutely no, I do not. I, I'm. I, this is the real mystery, okay? This, this smell because it's not. It's not foot smell. Listen, I know. I, 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 I'm a food critic and I'm a funny guy, so I've smelled a lot of weird things going on tonight. So. I, again, we just have to go through the list, Penelope. We just have to go through the list and we'll figure it out together, all right? And Penelope just says, Oh my god, I literally have no idea why I agreed to come. Okay, and they run a hand through that, like, uh, thick purple mullet before rolling their shoulders again and now charging with uh, fiercity and passion through this part of the funhouse, um, getting knocked back and forth, knocked back and forth. This really did seem so much more fun when they were kids. However, Stefan finally realizes. And I think there's a sudden intake of uh, breath. <gasps> the clown nose honking as they do so. I've got it. This this could be big, Penelope. I, I, I know what the smell is now. Okay? Okay, stay with me. Sit. No, no, no. And Penelope can see that little... Uh, the the coattails of the person they were chasing flitter out from beyond the funhouse. Just missed them. So close. Stefan got in the way. Again. Why does this always happen? Again, again, again. Someone says, I know what the smell is. I, I do. I it's what happens next? But then what? Uh, first, though, I'm gonna refresh your video on stream, see, because you're freezing. I'm frozen. Oh no. You're still frozen. Let me see if I can help. Yeah, I just need to change. Frozen, oh no. Frozen, oh, that's, oh no. That's not even what I look like. <laughs> you're unfrozen, huzzah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know why I looked like very deeply horrifying in that scoop, in that uh, still for a minute there. That like, kind of scared me. <laughs> well, uh, as Penelope and Stefan are on the verge of knowing what fair food they need to try next, the smell and the person that they're following through the funhouse 
we flash over to that person as they walk between the metal bars that ring on chains and through the wobbly mirrors and exiting through the spinning tunnel of the funhouse, catching themselves along the way, trying to go all the way upside down, but unable, chuckling to themselves uh, before they just slide down, falling into a, a child, uh, being an adult on a, a child's playground ride at the fairgrounds. They look back, think I lost him, they say, seemingly into their collar, before continuing past where a live band is playing in a 21 and over fenced in area and heading toward a wood fired pizza stand. It has a long line, but they think that they've distracted their co-workers enough to get there, try the pizza, and get the article before they sell out. They step into the line of maybe 20 people waiting to just place their orders from this place. A single person, looks like a family, running the assembly line of hand tossing the dough into the air and catching it, spreading what looks to be a homemade marinara sauce and grating fresh mozzarella right there under the canopy of this plastic tent, this wood-fired pizza stone oven on wheels perched underneath it. Uh, sun's feeding in a bunch of wood uh, and just sits and waits. He listens to the sound and closes their eyes and just smells the scent of what they suspect to be the best food at the fairgrounds. And then they hear the sound of Penelope's voice. Something they've been trying to get out of their dreams for weeks. Penelope doesn't sound too thrilled at the runaround that they gave her. They chuckle to themselves in line as they wait, kind of, but then what? <laughs> they stand up a little bit straighter, hearing, honestly, the musicality of Penelope's voice. A lot of their coworkers complain when she comes in and is boisterous and brash and has a lot of strong opinions about everything, but it's honestly what Ace really likes about Penelope. It's one of the coolest things about her. Strong opinions are like strong flavors, like anchovies in a Caesar salad or peppers on pretty much anything. And as somebody who appreciates all of the nice touches that life has to offer, they really honestly can't get enough. Even the way that she presents herself is so powerful with their wild haircuts and their edgy looks. But then the other day when they were walking past their cubicle, they saw them looking at a video of kittens. Typing away, click clacking with lo-fi music blasting in their headphones and a video of beautiful, adorable tabbies rolling around together and playing 
If that's not a sign of softness, then what is? Please. A sign from the gods, I think. This ace kind of peeks over one shoulder, hoping to lock eyes. As they turn around, Penelope completely misses them. Doesn't see her at all. Instead, she's waving wildly, gesturing in a really, really angry way, having some kind of conversation with what looks to be a clown? Very strange. Unusual. But they're coming this way, and Ace starts to sweat. They were hoping that by the time Penelope caught up with them, they'd be by themselves. They don't know what they're going to do with this person, who, despite the altercation happening between them, seems really interested in taking up all of Penelope's time. And who wouldn't? She's amazing. Fantastic, funny, smart, mean a little bit. Everybody likes to look a little bit mean. Ace steps up to the pizzeria, orders just a plain slice, takes the first couple of bites, breathes in, trying to forget exactly why they're there, unable to get the image of Penelope's beautiful face out of their mind. The heat from the oven makes them feel like their temperature is rising in more ways than one as the voice stops directly behind them. They pull their collar up from their jacket, pretending that they're shivering against the cold despite the thousands of degrees blasting them in the face from the oven as they scooch over and slide a canister of garlic and red peppers and other accoutrement over to Penelope, hoping that they don't know. But then what? Penelope takes a huge heaping of that red pepper spice. It's important in any dish, and fair food is no exception. Fair food should taste loud, and it does. And as Penelope pours one shake, two shake, three shake, five shakes, ten shakes of red pepper flakes onto their pizza, which is already piled high somehow, uh, it is fair food, of course, and it is this uh, lovely oven-baked uh, food that then, because it is a fair, it has to be a little nasty also. So they do put spaghetti and meatballs on top of the pizza because what is this, of course, if not just a little bit extravagant? And in this extravagance, of course, Penelope finds what they wish was greatness. But unfortunately, as they bite into this very first slice of pizza, the meatball going tumbling down past their clown friend's feet and stopping at the friend, the feet of this... Wait a minute. This person. They recognize that jacket. The person... Ace. From the office. And Penelope meets Ace's gaze and Ace meets Penelope's. And the two of them look at each other for a long moment. And yes, it's it's fury that's growing in Penelope's chest. Fury is where the heat comes from, radiating in their stomach and in their ribs and on their face. It's it's anger. It's passionate anger. You hear me? Passionate anger that they are feeling. <laughs> not Not anything else for no reason. And there aren't a slew of memories that come to mind immediately 
as um, you, you know they see ace and it's those same eyes again the eyes that are always looking at their work right of course they have so many opinions about penelope's opinions because who doesn't have opinions in this office they are all food critics after all classically and as the meatball rolls to a stop at ace's feet penelope grits their teeth runs a hand through their mohawk oh it's you at the fair an ace looking rather uh, like they've smelled something rotten coming from a deep fryer stares down at the sad little meatball that has rolled quite close to their shoes and they open their mouth to speak but then what happens? What a wild place to take over! Uh, Ace, looking at the meatball, looks up at Penelope, and instantly their face changes from that of disgust to just like softness. A softness is found there. Oh, uh, hey, hey, Penelope. Uh, can I, uh, can I help? you with uh something are you uh are you i didn't uh just stumbling over their words unsure what to say fearing that little bit of meanness that they find to be so cute as penelope kicks the meatball away from ace's shoes a little bit further and stefan says miss the guy eating his own slice of pizza, uh, walking up between them as they stare down at one another. Yeah, it's, it's, it's them. Uh, Ace, this is my beat. Are you, can you uh, tell me what you're doing here? I know you're not here for food, at least not outside of an assignment. And Ace chokes down a big gulp, their Adam's apple moving a little bit as they do so visibly. They begin to clasp their hands in front of them, rubbing the fatty part of their thumb a little awkwardly. Uh, yeah, uh, so Susan wasn't sure um, if you could cover every stand here in one night, and since this is due to print in tomorrow's version of the paper we uh she um i'm here to help penelope's mouth opens as this fury builds in her kind of bubbling up ace sees this and kind of instinctually takes a step back um, you know what? I will, I'm going to go see, uh, if the kid's cookie stand over there is the best food uh, and maybe try to throw a ring to get one of those like wooden cane things or goldfish or, you know, steps backwards, backwards, backwards until finally trips over a mom with a stroller falling onto their bum. Penelope just standing there, sort of staring at them incredulously. Stefan saying, 
Smooth move, mister. Honk, 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 honk. Honking your nose. <laughs> Despite herself, Penelope lets out a laugh. And not just any laugh, a laugh with a deep chuckle resounding behind it and a snort right at the end. Much to Ace's surprise and utter embarrassment, he scuttles away, half tucked underneath the throng of people that are coming by as he sees the light shine a little differently on Stefan's face. The two of them keep walking, leaving him there in the dirt, pining away for someone who will never notice him the way that he notices them. Meanwhile, Penelope seems a little lighter, talks a little freer. Their dark eyeshadow and their glasses kind of hiding their face before and now sort of opening back up. Thanks a lot for that back there. Um, I'm sure they mean well, but the guy's always staring at me. The other day, like, I put on this cat video just to get him to go away. Like, he's just like lurking and I thought he was like trying to see what I was writing on my computer and I had to do something to get him off my back. Yeah, uh, I totally understand. I mean, why do you think I wear this getup when I go out? I have a good sense of humor, but People don't really take you seriously when you're out there criticizing their food. They're like, ah, this person. Doesn't matter. We can treat them however. That's how you know the best restaurants. When somebody takes you seriously, no matter how you look. I guess we've got that in common. She kind of blushes, points to the carousel. We've got a couple of minutes. Do you want to go for a ride? He kind of bows exaggeratedly and does like a little flourish um, and lets her choose first. This is a big moment in our relationship, you know. Um, whatever kind of ride you choose says a lot about you as a person. You know, we could choose, for example, a white horse, like you're some kind of medieval knight. You could choose this weird candy palomino that has pink fur and all kinds of cool glittery stuff all over it. You might choose something that's next to the mirror so you can watch yourself while you ride, which, you know, lots to say about that, honestly. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, you could choose, um, I got the two-seaters. Uh, nobody chooses those, right? Not unless you're on a date. <laughs> it's weird. I'm not saying we should choose that. I'm just saying that's an option. Uh, or you can go with just a regular brown horse if you're into the cowboy thing. Just something pretty straightforward. Yeah, so, uh, what, where do you like to go? She looks around kind of hesitantly. Hmm. Normally I'd pick whatever matched my outfit. But I don't know. Tonight I'm feeling a little adventurous, so to speak. She kind of looks back and forth between the two-seater and the knight in shining armor horse with the golden mane and the beautiful fluffy tail. She looks up at him. What do you choose? But then what? But then Stefan looks past that two-seater to see the real deal one could say. The best seats on this carousel. The best seats perhaps in this fair to get the finest view of every single food booth that this place has to offer. It is, of course, the corn dog and the funnel cake. Uh, they used to be horses, uh, but after some rowdy teenagers uh, were a little bit too rowdy, uh, they had to get replaced. And now they just kind of look like a corn dog. 
They are perhaps the least popular seats on this carousel. However, and Stefan knows this, they are the best for getting the best view of all the food stops in the carousel. And they gesture kind of wildly. I, I know. Best seats in the house. Come on, I'll show you. And as they lead Penelope over toward these uh, strange amalgamations of what used to be a horse and is now a, f a fun, fair food dish, the two of them taking their seats, of course, Penelope, I, I feel a, a little undignified. Um, are you are you sure this is where you want to sit? And they cast kind of a, a longing look across over at the beautiful white stallion, which has now been claimed by a toddler and their parents, forlornly looking back. And as the ride starts to move, slow pace at first, Stefan begins to point out all of the booths, uh, the light from the carousel starting to shine across this clown makeup in ways that highlight, uh, wow, what a, what a handsome brow, what a sparkling, beautiful, dark eyes that they have. Uh, no, just a, uh, must be a trick of the light. Uh, right, yes, there's the funnel cake. Uh, there's the stand that sells alligator for some reason i don't really i'm not excited about trying that one particularly but there that stand and they see it now flashing into view piercing almost between the two uh uh between two other horses coming into view the stand the food stand that has a line that will take not one not two, but two and a half hours to get to the front of. The highest contender, the 25-year winner of Best Fair Food. That stand is, of course, the Skyline Chili Tent. Noodles in a smothered in a brown hamburger sauce, a little parmesan on top. And as they look out toward the sign, or this the the stand the and the line, um, Stefan and Penelope are able to quickly identify. They plan their route around from the sky, their seat here. That lingering feeling sticks with them. Um, they both awkwardly point in the same direction, hitting hands on accident, chuckling to one another. Um, Stefan even awkwardly sets their hands on their lap, um, staying unusually still to try and make sure Penelope is as comfortable as possible. And as the carousel begins to move downward to descend, to where they'll be able to exit and make their way through their most optimized path to the line for the chili. They see Ace walking with a bag and a goldfish toward that same line. Penelope kind of goes to hit Stefan uh, hitting the clown flower on their lapel, which squirts water out in Penelope's face. Ah! Come on! 
Stefan, but do you have to wear that thing everywhere? Okay, look, Ace is gonna get there, but I can't, we can't let them get the story, okay? We have to get the story. And I'm sorry, I just got a little excited. I'm gonna calm back down. She thinks about how she needs to be the cool girl. About how she needs to keep her exterior from being cracked in this moment of frustration and anger as Ace gets into that line before them. Okay, all right. They gently take their steps off of the carousel. Optimized path, let's go. All we can do is get there, all we can do is write. Honk, 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 honk. <laughs> Stefan's shoes squeak as they try and walk speedily through the crowds. Uh, at this point, the, the demolition derby sounds of the cars uh, are less loud, having come to maybe the end of that event for the evening. And Stefan is constantly being stopped by the children around. But then what? All, all of them asking for favors. Please, Mr. Cloud, can you do a cool trick? Please, Mr. Cloud, tell me a joke. Please, Mr. Cloud. Until eventually he sees one. The perfect child. The kid with a snot nose, band-aids all up and down. Clearly just got gum and other things and twigs and leaves stuck in its hair. That is the child that he's been looking for. You know what, Penelope? I know that you're really concerned about Ace getting his way today, but I feel like this was a moment I perhaps was made for. You, child, the kid looks up. Yeah? What do you want? Do me a favor. You like swords? I love them. Okay, well, uh, how about I make you a deal? I'll make you a balloon sword. If you go get me that goldfish. That's all? I just gotta go get the goldfish? That's it. Go over there. Take the goldfish. He doesn't even have to know you've taken it. Well, I mean, I've got this empty bag of cotton candy. Make the swap. Penelope looks at him, rolls her eyes. This is not going to work. Nobody would be fooled by this trick. Nobody? Not even that idiot? Look at him. It's like a giant puppy. All right. I'll go get in line. Better not fuck this up. Penelope goes to the line. The smell of that delicious chili wafting toward her. The notes of cinnamon and tomato sauce just really like taking over her senses. As she hears the sound of the balloon being blown up behind her. He takes out a couple of different colors and compares them. Decides to go with a blue handle and a big silver hilt. Sorry, not a hilt. A blade. And he starts working his magic as the kid is looking for different ways to get in and out. Looks like he's moving kind of fast. Oh, he's trying to move toward your friend. Is your friend like fish or something? No. They fucking hate fish. They'd never take care of a fish. This is all just a colossal waste of time, which is why you need to go and do your job. Just focus on the task. He hands the sword to the kid. All right, now you hold up your end of the bargain. Go give me that fish. All right, mister. You asked for it. The kid runs, top speed, weaving through the crowd until he gets right in front of Ace. 
Uh, sorry, kid. I don't. I don't want anything from you. I'm. I'm trying to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, Mister. I was wondering. Uh, can I see your fish? No. You can go get your own fish, please. This kid proceeds to have a loud and super public argument until finally he is in tears. <laughs> Why would you hit me? Why? You're an adult. Why would you do this to me? Uh, you need to make it up to me. Uh, oh, mom. But then what? Ace holding a, a fish that they honestly don't really even want. Why did they? Why did they think that Penelope would want this? Why would they think that Penelope would want a fish? They've never given her a gift before. Why do they think that they would want a fish? The plan is going so badly, and now this snot-nosed kid is lying. And oh god, here comes security. Oh god. Oh god. Okay. Wait, no, 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 no. Uh, kid, listen. Uh, if I give you the fish, will you just go go away? Will you just go away? Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. You know, here's here's your fish. You don't have to keep crying and lying about strangers very loudly. Just take a fish and go. All right. Just take it. And get out of my sight. If I ever see you again, I'm taking your sword. You hear me? No. No, just take the fish, just take the fish and go. Okay, just take the fish and go. And uh, Ace shoves the fish into this child's hand who now is overburdened with a uh, balloon sword twice their size and now a gigantic goldfish. This goldfish, of course, will go on to be the oldest living goldfish known to mankind, of course, as all fair fish are known to do. Uh, however, that is not the story we're telling tonight. The story we're telling tonight stays with Ace, Penelope, and Stefan. And as the toddler, uh, the, this child uh, totters away, uh, throws a wink over their shoulder at Stefan, who uh, honks their big red nose uh, in concert, uh, flashing two thumbs up. Um, other people in the line, of course, have been quite disturbed by Stefan, uh, by Ace's, uh, ch their, their kid just absolutely behaving irrationally and very inconsiderate to the rest of the people in the line who are now starting to just move past them because they did have to take a few steps out of the line. Uh, Ace tries to maneuver back in. Hey, hey actually, I was, um, I was right there in, in the line. I don't remember you being in line. Uh, no, no, I was waiting for the chili. It's, it's really important. I'm actually, uh, I'm with the press, you know, so I'll just, I'll just hop back in line. No, I don't remember you. Yeah, no, I have no memory. Uh, why don't you just, uh, you could try that chili stand, uh, and gestures to a completely abandoned chili stand. I don't think those burners have been turned on in perhaps 25 years, but, uh, Ace now looking rather dejected, uh, looks back and sees the culprits. Of course, of course, oh, it's that, it's that viciousness that they honestly admire so much in Penelope, who is grinning from ear to ear as the line begins to move past Ace. And they start to eclipse his previous place in line. But what happens next? What the headlines? Uh, Ace feeling dejected, as we've said begins to shuffle their feet moving toward the front. Maybe the press card didn't work on the kid, but sometimes the press card works in the kitchen if they need the, the publicity enough. 
And as Ace moves toward the front of the line, first shuffling slowly, then feeling more determined in their want to do that, they pull out their identification from the local paper. Penelope and Stefan catch on to what Ace is doing. Um, Stefan, I think he's gonna try to ask for privilege to just get some chili up at the... Yeah, they just, they just pulled out their badge. What the fuck? Um, well... I don't think I can make balloon swords for every person in line, but... It, it, we could we could try we could try anyone is to like get their balloons out and their pump and move around the line anyone want a, a, a sword and as this happens penelope once again catches herself through this clownish exterior seeing the effort that stefan has put in for the night they didn't have to be there. They asked them on a whim to come, paid their own way in. They've paid for all the food they've eaten. And they've helped her get to where she is right now. Not just tonight, but anytime she's called. When she's sick and needs soup, but doesn't want a DoorDash driver sticking their finger in it, she calls Stefan. She wants some fries and a shake, but doesn't want to sit at the, the the smoothie bar by herself. She calls Stefan. And in this realization, she also does a moment of self-reflection. As the twinkling, colorful lights surround the area, bringing this bright glow to Stefan's already bright clothing she realizes that her love for Stefan might not be the kind that makes you want to take someone home at the end of a very long night and instead is the kind of an eternal friendship Stefan grins down. <laughs> Stefan grins down at Penelope, clearly enjoying this exciting night that he's spending with someone he considers was once a frenemy, and now is something he can't quite put his finger on. The look on her face is hard to read. Hesitant, happy, a little sad. Nothing the way, like the way that she looked at Ace. And as he lifts his eyes away from her visage, he sees Ace locks eyes. His badge is out. His hand is holding a plate of chili. And the spaghetti slides off the plate and onto the ground as he watches the two of them connect. He can't know what they're feeling. Stefan barely knows what he's feeling. Penelope is the most closed book he's ever seen. But that doesn't matter. Because he's lost his serving. And unless he's going to eat it off the ground, Penelope's clinched this one. Stefan looks down and says, hey, listen, 
what if I told you that I could make up a good reason to cut the line? I know you like doing things by the book. I get it. You're all serious and tortured and don't like people doing things for you unless you've given your express consent. I understand. But the night is young. And the quicker you get this done, the more fun we can have. Yeah, all right. What do you have in mind? So I've got good news and I've got bad news. Which do you want first? I mean, the, the good news, I guess. Okay. So the good news is that I know somebody. Just looked over there. First of all, Ace dropped a spaghetti. It was hilarious. It's all over his shoes. Second of all, I know somebody back there. The person that handed him his food, we go way back. Okay. What's the bad news? She winces expectantly. The bad news is uh, he's my ex-boyfriend. And uh, yeah, I, I might have kept his cat when he left me and refused to give it back because we were really bonded. And I mean, Mr. Sprinkles is my best friend. So I, you know, I, 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 there was nothing I could do. If you don't mind a public fight, we can get you your pasta right now. Extra chili, extra cinnamon, extra sloppy. Kind of like this conversation's probably gonna be. Or we can just wait in this line. No big deal. We'll just wait in the line. He starts backing away slowly. But then what? Oh, no, no, no. I need that chili. I need it. The paper needs it. The people need to know, Stefan. The people need to know. And there is a fire, a passion, a true love. The love for reporting on fair food. It eclipses all else. It pushes through any meager feelings of romance or tension or even the on-again, off-again hatred that they have for Ace. The drive to find the best fair food is the passion that raises their spirits high to the twinkling lights at the top of the Ferris wheel. No. Get us to the front of that line. I don't care if you have to buy a million cats to do it. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if there is a second, even more public clown breakup that will embarrass you for years to come. Stefan, please, for me, will you do this for me? Please. And Stefan blinks. And he knows. He knows the edges of the world that they would traverse for Penelope. Because not only are they best friends and sort of enemies and have a long and complicated relationship, but they are also foodies. And there is nothing, nothing better in this world than a macaroni and cheese with a long bit. Oh no, it happened again. And they'll be back, I'm sure. I have to know what C was saying. I didn't hear the end of it, C. What did Macaroni you say? and cheese is a long bake. <laughs> That's what you've missed. 
<laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nods. And is like, yes. Let's go have a second bigger public breakup. That's what fairs are all about. Maybe the best fair food was the fights we made along the way, the ex-boyfriends we reunited with along the way, and the spaghetti we spilled on our enemy's shoes along the way. Stefan, what are you talking about right now? Just take me to the front of the line and off together. Hand in hand, they surge forward, their shoulders pushing past other fairgoers in line, just like in the funhouse, pushing forward again and again. The future is within their grasp. They are going to know. What are they going to know? They're going to know what Skyline Chili tastes like, goddammit, as they make their way up. Honk, 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 almost like the ominous sound of a battle cry as Stefan silently stomps their way to the front of the line. Bertram? Stefan yells into the tented area. Ace standing there finally realizes that their chili is on the ground, frowns, and goes to stick their fork in the dirty dust chili. Penelope grabs Stefan's arm. Hurry up! Uh, uh, Bertram! I, I need to speak to you right now! Everyone in the line stops and looks at all of them, some of them towards the front that would cover where the conversation would cross through, step back away, not forfeiting their place, but making sure there's room for them to speak to one another as they throw their words like weapons through the air. Uh, Bertram, how dare you come to my place of work, you cat thief! <laughs> Storm jumping over the counter, some of the plastic containers for the food just go sprawling onto the ground. You almost hear someone go, wah, 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 under their breath as they get over the counter, stomping their feet into the ground, holding their space, Penelope seizes the moment. She comes around to the side, says, I'm sorry, excuse me, um, my co-worker over there, Ace, yeah, they seem to drop their plate. Uh, we're supposed to be writing an article about the best food in the fair. Is it possible to get another one? I know, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. And the, the person grumbles, but hands her a fresh plate. Ace is initially distracted by Bertram and Stephen. Bertram using his own lapel flower to squirt into Stephen's face as they throw these words in exchange. Uh, Mr. Sprinkles being thrown about multiple times, talking about the softness of his fur and whether or not they fed him appropriately. And you better be cleaning that box every day. I did it. Would you? Uh, Ace comes around the corner to where Penelope is eating and just takes his empty fork and puts it into her spaghetti and throws some in her mouth. Penelope, seeing them do this, takes the other side of the plate, putting their own spaghetti noodles in her mouth, and they both just chew ferociously, not breaking the noodles, but slurping them up into their mouths together as quickly as they can, staring at one another over the plate. But then what? <laughs> As they munch, 
each of them furiously staring at each other, locking eyes. The echo of the chorus of ooh, <gasps> shocked sounds ricocheting off of all of the booths as the two gentlemen go at it, screaming at each other, sidelong glances being thrown. This chili is so, so good. The crunch of the fresh onions, the tartness of the sauce, the perfectly tender meat, the al dente pasta, the cheddar and Parmesan mix, new this year and only at this location. Their breaths are taken away as their eyes soften toward one another. They get to the bottom of the plate, scooping up the last bits. Pad, notepads already out in one hand, waiting to start scribbling down their copious opinions until one strand of spaghetti rests between each of their lips. Penelope looks up into this face that she's been staring at over and over again every single day. There's just something about him. They make her so mad. She just is enraged every time she looks at Ace. But right now, long eyelashes, smattering of freckles, full lips, I don't know. Is it the chili? Is it the moment? Is it the setting? Ace looks expectantly toward her, begins to slurp the spaghetti, moving closer and closer to her face, eyes filled with longing, dropping the field notes book on the ground, the review completely forgotten. Penelope feels a hand caress the outside of her arm, nice and warm. She casts her eyes away, not sure. Can't bear herself to continue eating this bit of spaghetti as she breaks the moment, the last minute, as their lips get just a few breaths away from her own. I'm sorry I chase you. I can't help it. You're... You're not like anybody I've ever met before. And if you would just give me a chance... I, I mean, I... I could show you marvelous things. We could go on food tours. I've been meaning to go to Sicily. They have amazing pizza. I saw you do extra peppers on yours. It's the only way to go, right? I, I just, I really think if you gave it a shot, we could at least be friends. I mean, you're friends with that goofy guy. You can't just, I don't know, suspend belief for a minute. He starts getting up in arms, making huge motions. Declaring to the skies, but then what? Declaring to the skies, the only thing I'm not chilly about is you! I can't, I just, I just, it consumes me the way that a good sauce could consume everything in its path. Sometimes you only taste the sauce, and when I'm around you, I only taste the sauce! You make my brain feel like spaghetti. You make me feel like I've slipped on a banana peel. You make me feel like I'm dough waiting to rise in the oven. You are the warmth that would turn me from wet, slimy dough into a loaf, into something soft that you break across the table. I mean, no, you don't break across the table. I mean, you could break across the table. I mean, um... Sorry, I've lost, I've lost the prop thread. Um, the, the bread that you break 
together over dinner. The community. A, a real friend. Because I've been so, I've been just obsessed with beating you. And this whole time, I think I was, I just, I just, I wanted you to notice me. I wanted you to notice me the way that you notice the subtle hints and flavors in cotton candy. It's just sugar. It's literally just sugar and food coloring, but you see so much more in it, Penelope. I, I wonder... I wonder if you could see something more in me, too, than just sugar, than just spice, than just me. What if we were us? And cutting across the din, coming from two clowns wrestling upon the floor, comes another cry, just as loud, just as passionate, from the ground. I took Mr. Sprinkles because he reminded me of magical Mr. Mistopheles. And then pulling back into this moment, Penelope's eyes wide, a single strand of spaghetti cut, broken the connection between them, dangling out of the corner of their mouth, the same way that that beautiful, incredibly vivid purple hair hangs around their face, down their back in that bright, bright mohawk. They blink, her eyes going wide, the flush over her cheeks looking like the perfect pink of a fine cotton candy. I... I didn't... I didn't know you... Felt... No, don't, um... Don't say anything, I just... Needed to say that. But what happens next? Next, Penelope hears an uproar of aww and applause from the other direction, where the two clowns are now just fully making out, rolling around in the dust of the dirty pathway. Penelope looks back. She stares into the eyes of Ace, searching for her own feelings. I... I think I hate you, but... I... I don't think it's really hate. Like, I really hate that you're constantly at my cubicle, but I also secretly, but not secretly now, I guess. It wasn't really a secret. I wasn't telling someone not to say it. It was just maybe a secret to myself in that I... Wanted you there? I... I played the kitten video for you. I, um... I would- I, I walk past your cubicle to look at your computer to see if there's something I could talk to you about. It just happens to be that everything that always comes out of my mouth comes out in a way that is an argument. And also, I don't talk like this all the time, right? Like, I talk like this! Like, I, 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 I'm a person, and I like kittens, and I like rainbows, and I'm more than this leather jacket and this mohawk, and I, I just want someone 
who wants to take me to Sicily for pizza? And who knows how to make the perfect, perfect base for a pie. And so I can't say that I know exactly how I feel about you, Ace, but your question, can we be something? Yeah. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> For the first time in this entire night, we see Penelope smiling, genuinely happy, and a little bit coy and a little bit shy, that cotton candy pink still in her cheeks as she looks down at her shoes and back up at Ace. But then what? She gazes into their eyes. And for a moment, the world stands still. So this is what it's like to just care about somebody so much. She thinks about the Christmas parties, the group outings, team building sessions, long nights that she would go to the kitchen and there'd already be a tea made just for her in her favorite mug. Just as she kind of leans in, hoping that they'll be open for a kiss, she sees two blue eyes looking back at her just over his shoulder right there in the crowd full of tears their hand clutching a goldfish in a bag the big plate chili and a bouquet of flowers under one arm a red-haired woman freckles who could that be why are they looking over here Penelope pulls back um so because I've kind of hated you this whole time, I never thought to ask about your life. Are you, um, yes, sister, you got family, you got, oh, yeah, I mean, I've got an ex-girlfriend. Okay. Uh, how'd that go? Well, the first day that I met you, um, she actually came to pick up my lunch, pick me up for lunch and take me out and... It was really fun. We had a good time. Uh, came back to the office. I think you. I think you said hi to her. She. Um. She has red hair and freckles and, um, blue eyes. Yeah. You remember her? That's wild. That was like what two years ago. I mean, we've been broken up for like I don't know three or four weeks. I, I've been kind of getting up the courage to say something to you, and I knew that if I came here tonight, that this might be my shot. I know you always feel better when you're out having fun and when you get the story. I was never really in competition with you. I just wanted your attention. Oh, okay. Um, well, you've got my attention, but uh, Penelope points. The backs of Ace's ears turn bright red as his eyes meet with Sarah's. What are you doing? Is this... Is this why I've been following you for for months? 
trying to figure out what it is that was taking you away from me, your attention split every second of the day. And this is what I find? Are you kidding me? Her? But then what happens? But then what? We pull it on lights. Lights of every color. Wait, see? No! <laughs> They're gone again! <laughs> ah! The most dramatic moment. <laughs> Wait. Ooh, okay. Indeed. Back. I'm gonna reset the timer. <laughs> okay. Lights! That's where you were. We were drawn in. <laughs> Alright. Lights. Red. Orange, yellow, every color, bright as a child's laugh, as full as a warm stomach, full of your favorite fair food. Lights in every color, red, orange, yellow, green, purple, pink, rainbow, all twirling through the dark atmosphere. In color, sound, community. It's the fair. It's the county fair, of course. And we see a Ferris wheel, a thing that goes in a circular motion that has horses on it. I forgot what it's called. Carousel, there we go, thank you. We see a fun house. We see a chili stand. We see cotton candy bags strewn on the ground. We see a young child clutching a fish, looking down and going, you know what? I'm going to name you after my favorite character from the 2020, um, maybe 2019. I don't really remember when it came out. Cats, the musical movie. That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Yeah, you're going to be named. And we pull out before we can hear the cursed words that come from that child's mouth. And we see... A butter sculpture, melted and torn completely in two, as Ace has been picked up by the front of their lapels and thrown through the butter statue of magical Mr. Mistopheles the Cat from Cats the Musical. Butter everywhere, tears everywhere, just as a county fair should be. This is the pinnacle of not just culinary research, but of what truly makes food, the people you share it with. And two reunited clowns, a very, very messy public breakup, the second of the night, there should be at least several in any good fair. The sounds, the smells, of the best chili 26 years in a row. And we pull out and out and out and the single word, no, not a single word, many words come to Penelope's throat, but all she can muster in this moment of is, damn, that chili was really, really good. And that is the end of our story! Oh my gosh! You all are 
magical. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> wonderful so <laughs> i feel like that went full circle it did yeah it's mm. about that obsession y'all obsession it's all about obsession so romance good. tinge obsession mm -hmm. yeah. forward <laughs> yes we stuck to the plot for sure yeah we did good work today i think that's good yeah, we did i'm proud yeah it gets I easier like the longer you do it mm-hmm yeah, any good story should have like ex-boyfriend clowns. Um, yes, have a really nasty butter butter sculpture should have a kid with a nose whose nose is running who really yep. should like have a napkin somewhere, um, yep. <laughs> and like not just a love triangle but a love quadrilateral. Mm -hmm. I think that's yes. how it should be. Yes, yeah, agree. Well, I. That was so great. I'm so happy that you all came on. Um, thank you, everyone in the chat and for watching. Um, subscribe if you're not already. Like, follow, ring the bell, do the things on the things. Um, if you want to listen to this again, uh, the VOD will be up not after this, but next Friday. And that is because there will be a podcast episode that is soundtracked and optimized and audio edited. And that audio is then used in the replay of the video version. So you can get a whole new experience with customized audio. My cat really wants in this room right now. Don't know if you can go <laughs> on the door. Um, but until then, um, we will say farewell. And I will leave it to y'all. To, to say your farewells to the folks watching. Candace? I've been Candace, <laughs> sometimes known as Candace the Magnificent. You can find me at that at the Candace Marie on Twitter and Blue Sky. You can find me at Candace the Magnificent pretty much everywhere else. Um, I will probably play ukulele eventually on my Twitch channel uh, sometime and do the thing. Uh, you can see me on Fable Scraps Monday nights playing the Enigma Society and Friday afternoons at 2.30, 3 o'clock uh, Eastern uh, playing Islas. You can also find me um, wherever you get your podcasts over at Bloom and Blight, which is a Girl by Moonlight podcast, as well as Otherworld Hollywood with 12-sided stories. Um, and you can find me every other Saturday on Matihi's channel doing some What We Do in the Shallows, which is a 5e queer horror pirate campaign and it's rad things are heating up we just got to capelina which is like disney world but even worse so come by not this saturday next one thank you for having me <laughs> hello everyone my name is c i use they them pronouns you can find me making very trans very gay art on the internet at c plays rpg if you liked what i did here tonight um, it's not what I normally do. Um, so for an extremely different vibe, uh, check out Transplaner RPG. Um, we are an all transgender PSA-led um, dark fantasy actual play series uh, that is set in a non-colonial anti-orientalist universe um, that streams every Saturday at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. This upcoming Saturday, if you're watching it live or in the past, uh, we've already done this, if you're watching it in the future. Uh, is the finale of Arc 1, uh, which is going to be absolutely huge. So that is this Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
a huge finale. We've been working on it for so long. It's going to be so amazing. Please check the content warnings if you do tune in, um, because we are telling a very beautiful and moving story about vengeance, revolution, and grief. Um, heavy, heavy dark fantasy themes. But um, I am a co-producer and performer over there, so you can catch my work every Saturday on Transplainer. You can also just check up with me across the internet to see what I'm up to. Um, Thursdays, you can catch me over on the Mythic Initiative. Um, and I am guesting in some upcoming things that will be coming out shortly uh, and soon. So check me out over the winter to see what else I get up to. And that would be me. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I've been uh, myself, Sierra, aka Mystic. Um, I use she any pronouns. And I, you can find me around the webs at mystic underscore musings underscore. Um, I had a collection of short stories that came out a few months ago. Uh, you can grab that wherever you find your books online. It's called We May Not All Be Heroes. And it's the uh, short, 10 short flash fiction stories from the NPCs of the world of Utopia, which is the uh, uh, podcast slash actual play that we do uh, every Monday here at Autoimmune Studios. I'm the DM for that world creator. Um, what else is going on? We have another episode of But Then What in December, second Tuesday of the month. It's a once a month thing. Uh, and uh, we have a stream, a one-off adventure stream coming up in December as well with the largest cast I've ever DM'd for because everyone I asked said yes. And so that means that the cast is off the hook and y'all will need Woo! to be back here for this Dark Academia Thriller D&D 5e <sighs> podcast stream one-off adventure. Uh, and that's yeah. me. Uh, I'll also be at PAX U. Come say hi to me. Um, and I, I, I might be at like the wizards thing because I didn't say this, but I'm a game producer in the D&D studio for Wizards of the Coast. So um, I, I think I might have to sign books somewhere, but I'll, I'll just be there. Come find me. Say hi. Stop me. Say hello. Uh, and yeah, I'm around. I'm here. I appreciate all of you. Thank you to Candice. Thank you to C. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. And I hope you all have a really... Really incredible rest of your night. Bye.